Hello and welcome back to the Doxology Podcast. I'm Lucas Stock. And I'm Jens Nelson. And this is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. Once again, it has been what feels like forever since we (laughs) recorded one of these, so I'm glad to be back um, on this blessed Easter Sunday as we are at the time of recording coming to the end of, I mean, this holy day, Resurrection Sunday, all the festivities, you know, breaking the fast and re- all these things. Real quick, this is unplanned, but I'm curious. In in the Christian calendar, in the in the life of the believer, what day is more important? The day that we celebrate Christ's birth or the day that we celebrate his death, burial and resurrection? You know what I mean? Like is there a day or do, do you not want to say? Like is which yeah. came first, I mean, the chicken or the you, egg type of thing, you know? You have you have both, obviously, and one is sort of a prerequisite for the other. But, I mean, I think it's pretty obviously Easter. Like, if we're, if we're going to take a step, it, I prefer Christmas. You know, at Advent, Christmas, through Epiphany, like, I prefer that. But if we're going to, if we're going to be scientific here, okay. I think we got to got to go with, e- with, with Easter. Especially if you bring in, like, all of Holy Week. You know, and like yeah, the lead true. up to Easter, yeah. and all the things that that happen all in that same time. So that's fair. I mean, I just I just spent so like we have Holy Week services on Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and then Sunday morning. Mm. And I this is the first year I've actually made it to all four services. Like nice. so, I went to Monday, Thursday, and then Good Friday, and then our three hour long marathon Easter vigil. Which is funny to to think of that as like a marathon church service because <laughs> it's called a vigil because all Christians used to stay up all night praying <laughs> to to prepare the bat the the catechumens for baptism on Easter morning. But but it feels like a it feels like a marathon when you're used to you know an hour and fifteen right, minutes right, tops right. or whatever. Um, and then uh, celebrate. Uh, sort of a it feels like a more standard service for us on on sunday morning after all these like special once a year services but uh quite a quite a climactic uh sequence and uh i think that thinking it thinking taking it as a whole which which in more liturgical traditions like it is liturgically sort of a unit Hmm. even though it takes place over three days or whatever um i think it's it's tough to it's tough to beat as far as, you know, Christian celebration and and uh, remembrance. Yeah. Although, I don't think anything will ever, ever, ever top Christmas for me okay. personally. Okay, fair enough. I was just curious. I never really thought about it yeah. before, but that's kind of curious where other people and are. Obvi- at, but. Obviously, the good, the good news is we don't have to... Like, we, we get oh, both. It literally doesn't matter. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> inconsequential. Right. <laughs> well, well, thank you for this. Ep- you know, listening to this episode, we're really glad that you're here. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it has been a while. My schedule with with travel, we've had we've had everything all coinciding in this last you know few weeks, and it's going to keep going until really for me it looks like June of. I I, uh, I don't think I've announced this. I, I got a job, so at some point in the next recent you know near future 
going to be moving to Virginia from here in Alabama, which will be, um, it's exciting, it's it's scary, it's all the above, but it's definitely going to be a lot of work, but I've also still got to finish out classes, and <laughs> we've been, last week we didn't record our new episode because Elaine and I were traveling for, for health reasons for her, for for uh, out-of-state doctor's appointments and stuff, so life's been crazy, and it's, it's going to stay crazy. Um, we talked a little bit a couple days ago about, and it just really made me realize, like, oh yeah, it's it's not getting any calmer anytime soon. Yeah. Um, but but we press on. That's fine. Yeah, we press on. And the good news is we were able to make this weekend happen, even though it is um, compared to most weekends. We you know family dinners and friend dinners and whatever. Um, I'm glad we were able to make this happen. And we're talking about something that uh, we we were going to talk about something different, which we'll do. Probably at some point we yep. keep we, we keep pushing that one <laughs> off because because more interesting things come up. So I say probably we'll, we will. we'll get to we that we'll get, we'll other get topic. But um, we we kind of we kind of shifted gears because you suggested um, a really interesting topic, or at least it's one of those things that like it might sound like oh I don't know I mean kind of you know like depending on how you hear it it might not sound that interesting, but I think the more you think about it, the more interesting it gets. Agreed. And in, in just to sort of, it's just one of those things where it feels like a little, a, a, like a little, like when you're, when you're sort of combing through the nooks and crannies of all that scripture has to offer. I feel like you find these little gems that don't always, you can't always tell how valuable they are at first glance, but the more you look at it, the more, the more angles and facets you can see. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, it's, it's, I, I feel like this is one of those things. So. Right. We're talking about Lazarus and the rich man, sort of, right? So can you sort of give us a lay of the land for where we want to go specifically when we're talking about or thinking about um, Jesus' parable about Lazarus, the poor man? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So uh, perhaps a a simple twist of fate, uh, a working of divine providence, you know, uh, God works in mysterious ways, whatever like cliche you want to throw at us. Like Lucas mentioned, uh, he he was busy, I was busy, so we didn't get to recording an episode last week. So I re-uploaded probably my favorite episode. It's one that the listeners, you guys out there, love as well. Um, it's actually, fun, funnily enough, is that a word? Funnily? Um, th- we've uploaded this episode technically three times. There was the original time, there was last Holy Week, and then this Holy Week. But it's one of those that's just like too good to to not upload again. I mean, we're talking about it's about a topic. If you if you haven't listened, it's about Holy Saturday. Go back and listen. Uh, but it's one of those things that doesn't get enough uh, airtime. It doesn't. It's not understood well. And so we did the best that we could in about an hour and a half, hour forty minutes to to dive to plumb the depths of hell to understand that little clause. You know, Jesus descended to the dead or Jesus descended into hell. So I was just myself listening to it again because it's been like a year or two since I listened to it and I was like you know why not what go back and you know refresh my memory and everything um and there's a point about halfway through where we read the story of the rich man and Lazarus and I you know it's holy week I'm thinking about these things and I'm like man there are like two Lazaruses Lazari I don't know whatever plural of Lazarus there are two I was gonna say Lazari. There are two Lazari in scripture, right? There's there's this one in the parable with the rich man, and then there's Lazarus at the tomb where he's resurrected. Jesus, you know, comes like four days after his death, 
raises him. He comes out all wrapped in his cloth, his burial cloth, and, you know, many people believe, and then the Jews plot to kill him, right? So I was just thinking about it, and I'm like, man, are these stories related? Is it the same Lazarus? If it's not the same Lazarus, is there a point? Like, there's, and, and we're going to get, I think this, I mean, this is what the whole episode's about, so I'm not going to reveal my cards at the outset here, but that's, like, what spurred this thought. Like, I literally was driving home from work, listening to that little bit, and I called Lucas because I didn't want to forget my train of thought, and I was like, dude, what do you think about this? Do we want to have an, an episode? So, that's what we're doing. We're, we're talking about Lazarus, and we're going to be talking about both of them, or maybe it's the same guy, in which case, we're just talking about one dude, but... Why don't we start with the first the first account of Lazarus in Scripture? So, if you are unfamiliar with it, uh, it's it starts with uh, let's see Luke sixteen. the The CSB calls it the rich man and Lazarus, which is pretty clear and obvious. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically, there was a rich man who would dress in purple and fine linen, feasting lavishly every day. But a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, was lying at his gate. He longed to be filled with what fell from the rich man's table. Uh, it goes on to say that one day the poor man died and was carried away by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And then it talks about Hades. It talks about how how there's a, a, a large chasm between the two places. The, the rich man is like, hey, have Lazarus dip his finger in the water and you know quench my thirst. And um, Abraham's like, uh, he goes on to say... Um, uh, oh, sorry, the rich man says, Father, Abraham, uh, I, I beg you to send Lazarus to my father's house because I have five brothers to warn them so that they also won't uh, come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. But he told them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded if someone rises from the dead. And so that little bit right there, that last little sentence about if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded if someone rises from the dead. And literally in Jesus's life, he raises a man named Lazarus from the dead. Some people do believe, but the Pharisees, the rich people, they're the ones who plot to, to kill to kill Jesus. Um and so that's that's what had me thinking, like, man, the, there's there's a couple of similarities, there's a couple of things here about about death and resurrection. So even if they're not the same person, is there a connection? And if there's a connection, what is that connection? Um, and so like this this miraculous story, right? I mean, how many of you out there listening have ever known of someone that had been dead for four days to be raised from the dead? Probably none of you. So this is a miraculous story. Um, again, found in Luke. Um, and well, the the parable the parables found in Luke. Yeah, the sorry, yeah, raising yeah. from the dead is is in John. You're right. Sorry. Yes, that's that's where I was like, wait a minute, something's off. So yes, the 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 parable is in Luke. Uh, the account of Lazarus being resurrected is in John. What's interesting, a couple of things, and I'm going to kick it to you. A couple of things that are interesting. One of all the parables that Jesus gives, many, many parables in Luke especially, but of all the parables, this is the only one with a proper name attached to one of the characters. 
So that's interesting. Why, why in telling this parable did Jesus choose a name? Why wasn't it just the poor man and the rich man? You know what I mean? But he, he, if nothing else, Jesus has identified and given personhood to this person that went to the place of the dead, as opposed to just, you know, some random worker in a field or, um, you know, any of the other parables that Jesus tells. The other interesting thing, and, and perhaps this is even, even more fascinating, there's not a moral to the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Most of the other parables that Jesus tells, there's like the like, this is what this parable means. There's an explanation. You know, at first the disciples don't understand it. And then like, it's explained. There's no explainer to this parable. It just sort of like, is, it's, it's almost as if Jesus is actually telling a story as opposed to a parable. Because if you recall what a parable is, a parable is a story with like a, you know, a, a real physical thing that's communicating a spiritual reality. You know, there's the guy who who's given talents and he, instead of going out and, and doing things with them, he buries them in the ground or whatever. And then uh, his owner is mad when he comes back with the same amount of money. Like that was a parable. There was a purpose or think about like the sowing of the seeds along the different types of soil. Again, it's explained what is meant by this. But this parable, if we're going to call it a parable or this simple story does not have that same sort of like thing. I mean, it literally just ends with that little bit where if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded if someone rises from the dead. And then it goes into the next chapter. <laughs> like it, it's just abrupt and there's no explanation of it. Um, so it's worth noting, and then I'll kick it to you, that the telling of this story or the telling of this parable takes place well before the raising of Lazarus in John 11. The reason you know that, if you're looking, it can get confusing, especially when you're reading between two different gospel accounts. Um, but but this this part in in Luke 16, um, sorry, I'm just uh, so the the parables told in Luke 16, uh, all the way in Luke 22, we see the story of the plot to kill Jesus. That plot is the same that coincides with what immediately happens after Lazarus is raised from the dead. So in, in John eleven forty five, which is a, the first verse after that little bit with Lazarus being raised, John eleven forty five tells of the plot to kill Jesus, which we don't see until Luke 22, several chapters after the parable is told. So, you know, think about it this way. Jesus's disciples, he, he, you know, he, him and the disciples are hanging out, you know, maybe they're eating food or walking or fishing or whatever. He's telling different stories and parables about the kingdom of heaven. He tells this one about a rich man and Lazarus. Who's to say it's not the same one that we see raised from the dead later. So I want to kick it over to you. What did you find in some of your like reading anything jump out to you with what I said? I, I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah, there's a couple things I want to talk. I want to say, like, um, I, I don't want to be too scatterbrained, but but I do want to touch on some different things that that have that came up in in your discussion just there. Like, for one, I I find it what you said about um, about sort of identifying this story as a parable. I find really interesting. I would would be inclined, like, I would want to say that that this is a parable and the 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 lesson or the moral is the um the they have Moses and the prophets they will not if, if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets they're not going to listen to somebody who raised from who's raised from the dead um 
be and and, and I think I, th- I I think it's fair textually to to sort of link these things up as well. Like not every parable receives an explicit explanation, um, like with the with the seeds the uh, the sower and the seeds. I, I always find that one really funny because he tells the parable and then there's a there's like it's just as long of the of the explanation where he goes through like it's like it doesn't just get an explanation like oh this is like this or you know whatever but it's like it like he get, he he goes all the way through showing every piece of it um but most don't get that extensive of an explanation and um not everyone gets ex- gets explicitly explained in the recorded words of scripture so um, I don't think there not being an explanation is, if if I'm correct, I don't think that by itself sort of not disc- makes it different from all other parables. And then I think the I think the moral or or lesson or principle being taught of the, um, I mean Christ's fulfillment of the law and the prophets, and I think of Moses and Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration, Luke twenty four on the road to Emmaus, like. Very, very clearly, this isn't a matter of, of like, oh, it's not fair. You know, because the rich man is Jewish and and has the law and the prophets and he didn't listen. And he's and that's why he's worried about his brothers. And, and Abraham is telling him, listen, you know, you, you they have Moses and the prophets. This isn't going to be some new thing that, like, you know, they don't have all the pieces if they just had... A, a, a resurrected or even a ghost, a ghostly apparition um, or a resurrected person appear to them, um, then they would get it. Well, well, what he's saying is like, actually, if you're not listening to Moses and the prophets, i.e. scripture, if you're not listening to the words revealed in God's scriptures, you, you will not be persuaded by miracles, um, it's, that's how I've heard it taught, at least, and I, and I find it compelling. Um, Can we quick quick sidebar yeah. real quick for a second? I don't know yeah, why I've yeah. never really thought of this either, but in that account, or in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, Abraham makes mention of Moses and the prophets. Like, Abraham had been long dead himself and is aware of Moses and the prophets. That's an interesting, like someone and again it's a, if it's a parable yeah. that's fine but like if if it's uh, i think we mentioned this in that episode um on the descent is like jesus doesn't use like fictitious things to tell to tell real stories he uses real grounded realities to communicate spiritual greater realities so to speak so like sure if if, if that isn't a real account a real story and it is simply a parable that's fine but if there's something more to it it is interesting that abraham who obviously well preceded Moses and thus even the prophets. Um, I think it's interesting that like Moses would even know. So does that speak of some sort of like at the time, like knowledge of things on earth, despite not being in a physical body? Sorry for that sidebar, but that, that just, no. Well, it's also a good segue into something else I wanted to, to touch on too. So like, I, I would want to spend, I, I know um, there is a lot or, or at least to me, it seems like a lot of like second Second Temple Jewish literature. So the the Judaisms that are being practiced in this time period, in, leading up to Christ and and around the time of Christ, um, there are. I mean, that's where the books we tend to call the Apocrypha 
most of them are written in that time period and in that setting. So, so you get a lot of insight into what's going on religiously by reading, but you know, like, like what's going on with the people, what's going on religiously with the people that we see Jesus interacting with. Um, a lot of, there's, there's a lot that we can learn of, of just back, like basically just historical and cultural backgrounds that, that, um, that sheds some light on some some things. Not, I mean, you know, it's not like a secret code or whatever. But I, I don't know in terms of views of the afterlife, the underworld, Hades, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, like Jesus is using words, you know, Abraham's side, Abraham's bosom, Hades. Like he's using concepts that are not foreign to the people he's like. Otherwise, it it wouldn't work as a as a story. You'd just be like, oh, what's that? You know. Um, which a lot of times is what we are because we're in a different cultural religious setting. But um, but I don't know in terms of like the layout or the setup how, you know, knowledge of later earthly events from the perspective of someone who's in Hades works. You know, like like I think of like in, in a different, slightly different setting, you know, in, in like in Revelation the souls of the martyrs under the altar, you know, they seem to have some sort of awareness where they're like, you know, how long will you, you know, wait to take vengeance for us, you know? Um, and, and Lord kind of tells, gives them the robes and says kind of like, wait till the time is fulfilled, that kind of thing. Like that, that, that's sort of a, not to get down a revelation rabbit trail, but you know, that, that, that seems to indicate there's some sort of sense beyond their, you know, um, intermediate state experience or whatever um so i don't know i don't know to 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 that point in terms of like if that would have stuck out to to a typical jewish listener or not or if that would have been expected or if that's something we're reading more into you know like like i have no idea but what is interesting is like and what get what kind of gets me a lot of the times when and I think I think I vaguely remember discussing when, when we talked about this parable in that Holy Saturday episode making this point is like I've heard a lot of people sort of defend their particular view of hell, the afterlife, that that whole nexus of doctrines and opinions and beliefs like on the basis of this story. Um and it is worth keeping in mind, like, it is a story, you know? That's not to say that, oh, well, Jesus is telling a story so we can kind of ignore what he's saying. But what I am saying is, like, we don't take this parable and, you know, read into, like, like from this parable, build our entire doctrine of the afterlife, Right. And in a similar vein, I think it's worth keeping in mind, like, this is a parable. I'm, I'm going to argue, you know, this is a parable. And keeping in mind what parables are for, what parables do, the purpose that Jesus is, is attempting to bring home his, his lesson to his hearers, um, he is telling a story, right? He tells a story about a father who has two sons and one goes away. He tells a story about a man who buys a field and finds a 
treasure buried in it. He tells a story about a woman who loses a coin, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And like you said, those are all, those are, those work pedagogically and they, they accomplish their, their goal spiritually because they are stories that make those principles understood by the people listening because, because they are not, you know, gibberish, <laughs> but they're intelligible, clear, simple stories that communicate the, the, the kind of the, the, the principle is able to be communicated to people who um, are, are just stopping by and just hear that story. They get the point, right? Like you can tell the, the parable of the sowers in, in a couple minutes and in doing so you can communicate a great deal of spiritual truth. Um, but similarly, I, I think if I'm, you know, if I'm imagining Jesus, right, if I'm imagining Jesus is going around, he's teaching, I'm imagining that he is, um, he's teaching and he's wanting to teach about the afterlife or he's wanting to teach about, um, He's wanting, you know, Mo- Moses and the prophets. He's wanting to teach about where to, you know, to, to place our hopes, all that kind of stuff. And he tells this story. Keep now, now to, to bring this back to Lazarus, you know, why does he give him a name? And why does he give him that name? Um, the fact that there is no other Lazarus in the New Testament, I mean, or the Old Testament, as far as I know, <laughs> um, that there is no other Lazarus. In, in, in the New Testament, in the Gospels, you know, we, we, we know of no other Lazarus that Jesus interacts with except Lazarus, the brother of, of Mary and Martha. And what we know about that Lazarus is in the relatively near future after the telling of this parable, he is going to get sick and die and then be raised from the dead. And we know that, that he is close personal friends with Jesus of Nazareth because we know that that family from the gospel accounts like they're friends that that's how Jesus knows him he does he doesn't just know of him but but he's he's friends and and I always have the like this this is maybe a little bit of theological imagination but I, I always imagine like Lazarus Mary and Martha being friends with Jesus like before his ministry starts you know because um, it's not that they're not disciples in the sense of followers. It's not that they don't, like, we, we can see that clearly in, in uh, pretty much every time Mary and Martha are mentioned in scripture, um, we can see clearly that they, they obviously believe uh, in Jesus as the Christ. But, but also they're, they're, they're friends. That family is, that, 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 that group of siblings is friends with Jesus. So I, I don't know if... Like, there. I mean, you know, I don't. There. Ugh, sorry. There's there's ways to answer these questions, but some of the questions I have is like, so we know we know, relative to Lazarus's death and resurrection, we know that this happened before. Okay. Does this take place um, in in or near Bethany? Does this take place at a time you know like like, it, it is is there a festival going on where Maybe they're all gathered in Jerusalem, so they might they might be together. What, I, what I'm trying to say is, like, are Lazarus and Mary and Martha there, you know, or, or one of them? 
are, are they listening or um can you imagine though if 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 that is the case and like just for one <laughs> of the parables he decides to be like like insert lazarus into the parable yeah. like <laughs> awkward like it, it, it would be yeah and i mean it's a, it's a, it's at least he's the you know at least he's the poor man in this story it's, not I mean, the rich man <laughs> but um but it's funny too because like i i like i i what's what's also funny is is like i don't know if you've watched any or or all of or have been watching um the chosen series um but there there are it, it's really cool because it's actually like fairly well done it's it's really cool the things that 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 you notice when you're sort of watching these stories that you're used to reading like there's there's a scene i can't even remember what's going on but but there's a scene where jesus is telling parables and the way that they do it it's just a tv show but what i'm just trying to make a point here the way that they do it is he's sort of standing in the middle of a crowd and you kind of hear him it's not really like quite a montage scene but but it's it's there's a little bit of cuts here and there but you you sort of hear him telling these different parables that we know you know the 99 sheep, the lost coin, the talents. And like, there's a part where, you know, it's a TV show. So you're getting to watch, not just listen to the words being, being spoken and read, but you're also getting to watch the, the, the actors and all that kind of stuff. And you see him, you know, looking around and making eye contact with the various people. And he, he points to a guy who kind of looks like he might be a shepherd. And he says, and you, if you lost one of your sheep, would you not, you know, go or whatever the the words are in the in the the story of the lost sheep or whatever and like seeing that acted out in that way that kind of that interpretation and imagination on the screen i was like oh yeah like i never i like i know that these are words that are being spoken out loud and i know that they're being spoken out loud to somebody you know at the time like he's talking to some group of people or whatever um but it's like yeah when you're telling a story to a crowd like you interact right and, and so it's 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 funny to think of him maybe even like looking at Lazarus potentially or looking at Mary or, or Martha you know and and he he knows like we know that he knows ahead of time what he's going to do because in the story uh, in John 11 when Lazarus is sick but before he even dies he like you know he delays leaving it basically in order to make sure he's dead and has been dead so that when he goes, he can perform this sign. Um, and so all of that is sort of a, a, a bit of a meandering way of saying like, I, I mean, the like the fact that we have these these texts and the fact that we have these records of Jesus's teachings and, and stories and whatnot, um, like these are these are crafted accounts and that does that 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 has a lot of implications but included in that is the reality that details that stick out i think of i was thinking about this during our holy week readings um uh i the what you have shared i believe on the podcast but um i know you've shared with me is was you're the the place i learned this from the charcoal fire in john oh right right and and it's like it, it it's like there's there it, it's not magic it's not some secret code 
but it's like if you happen to notice there are two places in the entire new testament where this particular fire is mentioned like there are two people or two you know two uh, occurrences of this name in the in the in the entire in all of the gospels like when when a detail sort of sticks out like that these are these are people are sitting down and crafting and and thinking and interpreting and writing and then that's being edited and copied and shared like it's not an accident <laughs> like every like and I don't I don't just I I don't want to exclude the fact that you know every jot and tittle is intentional because of God's inspiration of scripture but also from a human perspective you don't sit down and write something like the Gospel of Luke or the Gospel of John, um, just sort of winging it and just sort of writing whatever comes to mind. And then it just so happens that Lazarus shows up here and here and nowhere else, right? And so I think that it's it would be silly to say that Jesus isn't thinking of his good friend Lazarus, you know, like like... That's that's crazy. Like if I ever see the name, and sometimes I actually do see the name Jens in like movie credits or something yeah. like that. <laughs> it's like I like it, it. It's like it would be weird for me to not think of the one person I know who has that name who I personally know. It's like yeah. it, it would be very odd for me to to not you know not have a connection in the sense like oh I wonder if he worked on this movie. But I just mean like. It's just, it's just that's how our brains work, right? Yeah. We we draw yeah. connections and and things like that. So I think I think it's it's, and then on top of that, we, like we haven't even really talked about this, but like the his men, his 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 appearance in the parable is literally connected with resurrection. <laughs> like that's the thing. Like on on top of all of this, like he, in the parable, he doesn't get resurrected, but like they're talking about. This guy with this name being resurrected, um, you know, well, being, if, being sent to the brothers. If like, nothing else, it feels like some <laughs> real foreshadowing on the part of Jesus. Yeah. If nothing yeah. else. And, and I feel like, you know, we, we tend to use that when we're reading, like, novels or books or whatever. Like, foreshadowing kind of, it can be sort of a, like, like I don't know the word, like, not very significant, you know? Like, like sort of a vague illusion. But it's like, when we're talking about, we're talking about Jesus foreshadowing something he's going to do in his ministry in the not too distant future like that's again not something that just sort of happens you know it's not something that just sort of accidentally the stars align in such a way that now we have this neat connection and that's the other thing too is what the something the the last thing i'll say that 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 for like really sort of i think ties a bow on on the connection is so Jesus is telling this parable, I'm saying, with the purpose to teach his listeners, if you, if you don't listen to Moses and the prophets, it doesn't matter what miracle you encounter, even somebody being raised from the dead, you're not going to just believe if you see that, that miraculous thing happen if you're not someone who is listening to Moses and the prophets. Okay. <clears throat> then Lazarus dies <laughs> he he literally dies like like in the parable the, like the lazarus of the parable he's actually humanly dead he's in the grave and then he is raised from the dead and many people do believe and i forget the 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 the, the line in the in the text but and 
the religious leader's plot on how to kill him, right? And then keep in mind, the exact same thing happens with Jesus's death and resurrection. Like, Jesus raised from the dead, and and look at the response. It wasn't everybody in first century Palestine became a believer and follower of Jesus Christ. Like, like that that is not what happened. And so it like Lazarus's resurrection being a a type, a foreshadowing, a prophecy, sort of a, a an anticipation of Christ's resurrection. I think I think you see that in the parable, you know, like almost like not not like a chain, but kind of like a chain. Like what Jesus is saying about people coming back from the dead and Moses and the prophets, you see that played out in Lazarus's resurrection, which is itself foreshadowing Christ's resurrection and you see the same thing. And and um it's also not insignificant that he is placed in a tomb. The, the real Lazarus is placed in a tomb for, you know, four days, which I don't I don't know how we can, I don't know how they counted, but I know there are different ways of counting, you know, because like Friday to Sunday, by our reckoning, wouldn't, most of us would probably call that two days, but depending on how you count, it's three. So it could even be the exact same amount of time that they were in the tomb, which is not really that important. But the point being like, all, all of this is, is, is connected. You yep. know, and and I think that what it's doing to to notice this little detail that we've all probably noticed, but never probably thought that deeply about to notice this little detail that comes from this name being used in this parable. It, it's not changing the way that we understand the story of Lazarus being raised or the story of Christ being raised or, you know the responses people had to that or the reality that that brings us see Holy Saturday episode from last week. Um, but it, it shows us these threads, right? That kind of, you see how, how tightly wound scripture is, um, which to me strengths, it, it, it strengthens the witness that scripture has to the, to Christ. You know, we can think think of our interview with Joseph Gordon and his book on on understanding scripture and what sc- scripture itself is witnessing to the Word made flesh. He's witnessing to the 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 work of the Triune God in the people of God in the world, right? And and <laughs> following Holy Week on Easter Sunday to talk about resurrection, there's no there's no more appropriate place to talk about that that work being witnessed to than this this uh, this discussion of resurrection that we see throughout the throughout the Gospels. Yeah, um, and I think it's just so it's just like like I said at the beginning, it's just so fascinating and. When you first notice it, you're like, "Oh yeah, there, you know, there's there's two guys named Lazarus," and maybe you don't think anything of it, or maybe you think, "Oh, maybe he's thinking of his buddy," and then that's as far as you think. But like, you keep digging, and it's like, I think I think you actually do find at the bottom here, like you actually do find there's there's something going on, you know, the sign of Jonah, which Jesus points back to, Jonah and the fish for three days, and Sheol, the sign of 
um, the, the story of Lazarus and, and the, the would-be sign that the rich man wants, the actual sign of Lazarus when he's actually raised, um, and, of course, the what, what all of those signs are pointing to, um, the resurrection of our Lord. So yeah. that, I think that's all I, I really have, but, but I, I do want to hear yeah. any, any, any thoughts or, or reactions yeah. you have. For sure. Well, I just I I figured let's let's put the story of the rich man and Lazarus in its context, and I think a lot of what you've said is is going to bring it home. I, I I went back and looked. So if if this is all one like contained narrative, and this is this is a whole nother conversation. This is what I don't like about chapter and verse is like it 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 segments and unnecessarily fragments parts of scripture that might otherwise be connected. So we can we can go all the way back to Luke fourteen which is about a Sabbath controversy. So it says one Sabbath when he went in to eat at the house of one of the leading Pharisees, they were watching him closely. And it talks about this this man whose body was swollen with fluid. Um, he, he asked the law experts and the Pharisees, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? They kept silent. He heals them. They get upset. And then Jesus goes into this parable. It says, he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they would uh, choose the best places for themselves. And then this, this continues. This continues on. There is the parable of the large banquet, the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, the parable of the lost son into Luke 15. And then into Luke 16, the parable of the dishonest manager, kingdom values, and the kingdom value says the Pharisees who were lovers of money were listening to all these things. So that's why I think this is contained, right? So the Pharisees who were at this Sabbath get together in the leading Pharisee's house, they were lovers of money, listening to all these things and scoffing at him. And he told them, you were those who would justify yourselves in the sight of others, but God knows your hearts for what is highly admired by people is revolting in God's sight. The law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom has been proclaimed and everyone is urgently invited to enter. But it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one stroke of a letter in the law to drop out. And then he randomly says, everyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery. That I don't know how that fits into this. But that little bit about the law and the prophets were till John it's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one stroke in the law uh, to drop out. That immediately leads into this story about Lazarus and the rich man. So we've already seen we're talking about Pharisees. He literally says the Pharisees were lovers of money. Oh, well, Luke adds that like editorial comment that the Pharisees who were lovers of money were there. And so the, the parable, there was a rich man who would dress in purple and fine linen. So this is someone who's into really costly things. And not only that, but like parades them flamboyantly, feasting lavishly every day. So it's almost like this is like the culmination of like this whole arc, so to speak, like from, from Luke uh, 14 through here to 16, because he's talking about how they, you know, they choose the best places. They're into the, all, the money and all the rich things. And then it says, but a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores. So we're coming full circle on the, the person who was healed that they were upset about, right? So they're mad that somebody was healed on the Sabbath. So 
Lazarus, covered with sores, was lying at his gate. He longed to be fed with what fell from their table, but instead dogs would come and lick his sores. And then it talks about them dying. Um, again, that whole little bit between Lazarus, Abraham, and the, the rich man. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets, the law and the prophets. They should listen to them. No, he said, but if someone from the dead goes, they will repent. But he told them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be persuaded if someone raises from the dead. So to, to your point, I think that that is, that is the narrative, the, the arc that is being communicated here is the, 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 per, the point and the purpose of the law and the prophets to, to show the Pharisees that they are, sure, they, they have the law. They might be wisely intelligent and well-versed. But it's all, it's all vain. It's all vanity and none of it's real. It's all for show. It hasn't actually affected them to their core, right? Which is what we see all over the Gospels. Like the Pharisees are always getting it wrong. Um, there are a couple of exceptions, obviously. Um, but verse 7, or sorry, uh, Luke 17. So the, 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 that par- the parable ends about you know the law and the prophets. And it says, he said to his disciples, offenses will certainly come, but woe to the one uh, through whom they come. It would be better if a millstone were hung around their neck and be thrown into the sea. Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Um, and it goes on from there. And I think it kind of digresses from the, the sort of the arc that's being told in that part of Luke. Um, but yeah, what's, what's so fascinating is how, how Jesus, again, he uses stories. He uses parables to communicate deeper, profound spiritual truths you know those who have ears let them hear let them listen um and so the 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 point is like he he says that if they do not listen to moses and the prophets they will not be persuaded but quite literally who knows like the actual physical amount of time but later in in john's recording of the accounts we literally see a man named lazarus raised from the dead I think that that is the connection because, again, yeah, we, we, we disjoint the Gospels because they're contained in different renderings. You know, there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But if we're thinking about just like a start to finish, you know, Lucas already alluded to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus being friends with Jesus, maybe in childhood. It's likely, who knows? I'm sure Jesus encountered them somewhere. How else? I mean, we don't see anywhere else, but like we know that Jesus cared deeply about all of them. That's what John says. Um uh, but what, yeah, you have to think about like the, the, think of it from the perspective of those who are listening. So you're one of the 12 disciples, you're hearing all these parables being told. Um, you hear Jesus tell a story, tell a parable using a name, which again, he has not done. That fact is worth considering that he has not used a name. You know, think of the, the prodigal son. He could have used any number of names for any number of characters, same for the dishonest manager. We all know managers, I'm sure, who are dishonest, right? He chooses to name nobody but Lazarus, not even the rich man. You know, it's not like Joseph and Lazarus. It's it's Lazarus and the rich man. So think of it from the perspective, again, of those, the, the real people who would have heard this, the real people who lived and walked with Jesus, like to, to be at that tomb. They, they knew, like, the whole the whole weird thing about the, the story of Lazarus is, like, Jesus probably could have gone and healed them before he died. Jesus could have made the trip, but delays. He does not go while he's alive, but waits, and waits four days. Four days is good and dead. You could, you could maybe say, like, after a day, he might have been hanging on with, you know, 
by by threads but no four days is good and dead in the grave buried wrapped in cloth people mourning people weeping jesus himself weeps that's the shortest verse in the bible if you you know if we're fragmenting scripture it's the shortest fragment but lazarus is resurrected there's like three accounts of resurrection that i can think of in the new testament we have lazarus we have like a bunch of random unnamed people who come out of tombs when Jesus is resurrected. And then obviously Jesus, right? So we have these people who come back to life. But this one of Lazarus is a peculiar one because it's an intimate acquaintance of Jesus. It's a weird story where, again, he could have helped even before he died, but he delays going. But what the I think the key is, the key is at the end, the chief priests and Pharisees plotted to kill Jesus. Just as he had said in the parable, in the parable a little bit ago about Lazarus and a rich man, the, 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 chi- the ch- chief priests and Pharisees plotted to kill Jesus because so many witnesses to the miracle believed. The enemies of Christ couldn't deny that a miracle had happened. Like something happened, word was spreading. People were believing. People that knew what was going on. The people that had the internal reality. They couldn't destroy the evidence, right? But they could kill him. They could they could get rid of Jesus and hopefully like cut off any like movement that might take place. So all that I'm all I think your your point is 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 dead on. I think the point both of of the parable of the story in John and the greater story that all of this foreshadows Christ's resurrection, I think is highlighting that, that, that reality of like the, the, the seed of faith. And what does Jesus say in Luke 17 moments after finishing this? If you have faith, the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it will obey you. That I think is the the greater purpose here is is really getting down to like who are those people who have who have believed who are those people that are the Pharisees who are putting on a show for for money for recognition for notoriety, um, and in our day, if we're gonna like translate this to the twenty first century twenty twenty three, when we're living, what are the things that we're living for? Are we living for resurrection or are we living for purple and fine linens? Are we learning to, to, or sorry, living, are we living to care for those who, who are sick, those who are uh, despised, those who long to eat from our tables, but, you know, the dogs come and lick their sores? Like, I think of the world that we're currently living in, and it and is so divided, so politicized. Everything has to be like this or that or the other thing. Like, we can't have conversations about, like, I don't, again, I don't want to get like too political or anything, but we can't have conversations about like children dying in schools and not have to turn that into like a political talking point. Like what I would love to see in this world, it's never going to happen because of sin. I recognize that. But what I would love to see is a world that is, is filled with people like what we see, um, following John, the, the people who, who believe, who take that message of, 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 uh, resurrection of, of life to come. Um, obviously it's Easter. So we're, we're, that's what we're literally celebrating. That's why I felt like it was appropriate to do this episode today, especially is like, we're, 
we're living in light of like in, in in after the fact world right like the the resurrection has already happened and so we are the ones who are are reaping the very real benefits of that but for all of those who looked forward for abraham for abraham for for moses for the prophets who could only look ahead to what was to come man it's a shame that in 2000 years of church history we still have not learned we still have not uh, let this fully take root within our hearts. And I recognize I'm speaking generally. I know that there are good people. There are Christians who are out there like doing the work of the kingdom. Um, but my challenge to you on a, on a day like today, where oddly enough, today's like maybe the one day a year where like everybody on social media in the Christian world is like in full agreement. Like, yes, he is risen. <laughs> like we're all, we're all in agreement there. Right. But like, let that reality take root in you learn from this parable learn from the raising of lazarus learn from the raising of jesus and like go out in the world and don't be a tool don't be a like don't don't be a pharisee right so i don't know now i'm just rambling um take the mic away from me yeah do you know that's exactly right it's good that's uh i yeah i mean um nothing really much more to add i think i think this is a good exercise a good example of an exercise that we've done quite a few times in recorded format um as well as just chatting and stuff but like the the unit of luke that this parable is a part of the relationship chronologically that the different stories that are that are in that are told in different gospels placing them in their in their order like those sorts of things are, are, are really helpful for, for, for understanding um, just, I mean, just understanding what's being communicated rather than understanding little isolated blocks. So I think, I think that's awesome. That, that arc of Luke is, is that you pointed out is, is so interesting. That's so good. I, I didn't even realize that. So I'm glad you shared that. Cause, cause I, uh, I would have missed that, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that'll, that'll probably about, about wrap it up. Um, like I said, I don't have much more to add. So I think, so I guess I, unless I, you I do. haven't gotten here. I, I'm, I got too caught up in the whole thing of it. Do we think these are separate Lazaruses? Is, is the parable simply just that a parable that's meant to foreshadow? Do you think it actually happened? What, what, what is your consensus after all of this? Luke, the the parable in Luke is a parable in which Jesus named his made up character, the poor man, after his real life friend. The connection being the resurrection. I like it. I'll take that. I I also agree. There are just a couple of weird little like, like we never see anywhere that Lazarus is a poor man who like begs at the gate somewhere. Like from all outward appearances, like don't Mary and Martha like have a little bit of money if they have fine oils to be, I mean, and he has a tomb and they have more, they're able to pay for mourners and and all that stuff. So, yeah. So that's what leads me to think they're not the same person, but I like what you said that like Jesus used his real life friend as a, as a foreshadow, as a, even like a, just a memory device, even if it's only for the benefit of like a few people that like, well, just like the charcoal fire. Yeah. Keep in mind, John likely most likely is writing decades after the other three have been written and circulated amongst the faithful and so 
there's that too, you know, um, not, not just the actual memory of people like John and Matthew and, and the people that Luke is interviewing and, and all these things, you know, like there, there's that. And then there's also John is, is not more than likely, it seems is not unaware of at least some form of the other three gospels in their written forms. Um, which is, which is a, fascinating little tidbit yeah. <laughs> to, to ponder as well if he's quote-unquote reading luke 16 you know quote-unquote and it's like oh well i don't need to t- i don't need to talk about that because i i can talk about this part you know like that, right. that you yeah know, i i don't know I, there's again a little bit of imagination there not trying to to say things are are for sure a certain way that we don't know but just something to something else to think about yeah sure well i can close us out of this episode um we didn't prep a, pl- a prayer we haven't done that in a couple of weeks but we've been rusty we apologize we'll, we'll we'll eventually get back to some regularly scheduled programming but we i mean truthfully i want to say thank you um march 2023 was our second best month ever weirdly enough it's not like we dropped any like crazy bombs or like clickbaity titled episodes or anything like Y'all just like showed up in March for some reason. And so for that, like, thank you uh, eternally. Thank you. Like, we don't do this for likes. We don't do this for notoriety or listens or whatever. But like, it's good to know that like people are engaging, that people are listening, that like this is at least interesting um, because we think it matters. Like we think, you know, God's word was written. And I mean, for a while, you know, it was an, an oral tradition in some sense, but has been written, preserved, translated passed down and we still have it and so like we should do right by that and and discuss those things and seek to understand those things as we seek to make sense of the world that we live in so like that's why we do what we do so thank you for joining us on that journey thank you for listening to this episode um if you'd like to connect with us you can find us on twitter and instagram at doxology podcast if you want to send us an email, and we love, love, love your emails, um, you can send us one at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. Send us your questions. Send us your episode ideas. Tell us if you think Lazarus is uh, you know, just a parable, a real story. Are they the same? What are your thoughts after listening to this? Um, like Lucas said, we're going to be pretty busy over the next coming you know, weeks and months here, so please bear with us. There might be some... Uh, solo episodes some more re-uploads uh, perhaps even weeks where we don't release an episode which has never happened that's why we re-upload it's like i'd rather have something than nothing out there um, but i promise you we have some really exciting things coming up in the back half of 2023 we have some interviews lined up we're having some books sent to us um, just some like really cool things going down so we want you to stick around for that but until next time live in light of the resurrection let it change your heart mind and affections and like the way that you live in the world so um yeah without any further ado peace